The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. That's what I always say. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Are you ready? I'm really not. I mean, technically, we don't have to. Halloween did end. We could just call it a day. True. For us, it's tomorrow. For the rest of you, it was two days ago, and I hope you're not hungover. And if you're over 30, you, you are. are. Yeah. Even over 25 now. Because mm-hmm. I cannot. I don't have a one-day hangover anymore. It doesn't happen. It's not worth it. No, it really isn't. Mm-mm. How did we like used to like go out and then go to work the next morning? Oh, I think about this all the time. Stay out till the bar closes yeah. at three. Mm-hmm. Be at work at eight. That is unhinged behavior. Yeah. And then still like going home and sleeping for like five minutes. I used to nap in my car on my lunch break. <laughs> Amazing. One time when I was uh, in high school, we had a New Year's Eve party. I remember I was working as a cashier at Walmart and I sat at the till. The whole shift, because I was so hungover. Like, on the till. Are you allowed to do that? No. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, I don't remember that shift. I mean, low stakes. You could have just called in. You were, what, 16? Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to the Bloody Podcaster. That was a tangent on its own. Uh, Yeah, I'm Kennedy Catherine. And I'm Zach Walters. And we are here to talk about the end of an era. The end of a saga. A trilogy. Halloween ends. A franchise. Which I've learned is not actually the end. What? I know. No, you're lying. I'm not lying. Okay. So this is the end of the this director's vision. Okay, so meaning there they, is nothing in the works. No. Okay. Like, the, I think the Laurie Strode-Michael Myers combo, that is done. It could just be like the namesakes. Well, it could like be my, the same thing they did in this movie where we have a, a sort of a copycat. True. A protege apprentice. I wish that would have been... We'll talk about that after. Okay. Um, I went and saw Pray for the Devil last night. Mm, yes, you did. Really enjoyed it. It was really quite fun. It has similar vibes to like The Exorcist because it is an exorcism movie. But what really got me was the fact that it's like priests and um, nuns. Okay. But they work at like an exorcism university. Ooh, fun. I know. And I was like, I've never thought of that. Like they go to like class. They go do labs in the basement. People do have to. What's the word I'm looking for? Like. I don't know if certified is the right word, but people do have to go through some process to Mm -hmm. become allowed to exercise others. Is that a real concept? I think like it mostly happens through the Vatican. I don't know. So like in the movie, it said in 2016 or 2018, they started opening up more institutions around the world because of the mass hysteria of possession. (laughs) But like, so this one was half... Like an exorcism school, but also half a psych assessment center. If it was past the point of psych assessment where they're like, this clearly is not a mental health thing, then they would put them into the religious side of it. Mm. So it was like kind of like... Who's performing the psych evals? Religious people? No. Good. No, science people. Oh, love Um, to see it. It was like a really... It was a cool concept movie. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed it. What is it comparable to like vibe wise is it sort of like a conjuring is it like a malignant i would say more conjuring little exorcism Mm -hmm. or exorcist because similar vibes it follows like a child 
it kind of gives me like the nun vibes, mm-hmm. but it's very modern. Like there's a lot of modern technology. Would recommend. I had a couple like little jump scares, which were good. There was a nice plot twist, which did not see coming, but like it was a fun watch. I need to go see that then. Mm-hmm. When did it come out? E- Friday. Okay, so I have so, got time. Yeah, it ju- just came out. Because I had the very sad misfortune of just being like, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it with Pearl. And then it just was out of theaters. Yeah, because we were going to go watch it. Yeah. And we were like, well, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Because some things are just better in the theater. I know. The special effects in this movie were pretty good, too. Hmm. There was a lot of eye rolling, Ooh. which was, like, interesting. That always freaks me out. Um, There was one scene where, like, the eyes went sideways, like, into the back of the head, and they became, like, black and gooey. Love that. I'm trying to think of what else is new that I saw. What did we just go see? Halloween. This, this movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we just went and saw a movie together. It Ooh, was this, this one. one. Yeah. I recently rewatched The Possession of Hannah Grace. Not a great movie. It has spooks. It has a really good buildup. And then it just kind of lets you down. Is that the one where she's a nurse? A pathologist. So like she works in the morgue. Yes. And that's with Pretty Little Liars Girl? Shay Mitchell. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then the girl who is the possessed one... It's just some girl I follow on TikTok. Interesting. I remember I have seen that movie. I don't remember it at all. It mm. was very, like, unmemorable. Pretty standard. One thing that we do have to talk about, because I talked with your roommate about it last night. Okay. 28 Days Haunted. Oh, shit. Yeah, I need to... Yes. I need to get on it. So it's this new Netflix show that just came out last week, the week before, yeah. sometime recently. And essentially, it is a reality TV show where groups of psychics sensitives demonologists paranormal investigators yes get to go into a haunted location they don't know anything of the background of it and they spend they don't even know where they're going no i watched that part they're like blindfolded and driven Mm -hmm. somewhere um and they have 28 days to prove ed and lorraine warren's theory once you hit 28 days you can break the threshold of communication with the other side just their theory they weren't in these locations no but this is this is their theory their son-in-law potentially i don't remember who nephew someone is the host of it and they're watching it from this computer room but so it is not a good show (laughs) i didn't think it seemed good but it is so so entertaining the drama between the ghosts and the people yes out of this world also literally (laughs) i genuinely believe psychics and people who see things Mm -hmm. and people who hear things not casting doubt on that but the ones in this show are so ridiculous yeah It is hard to take them seriously. Like, I don't know if you got to the point in the first episode, but there's a character named Jeremy who puts his partner into a coffin in the first episode. (laughs) When they're having the conversation, he's like, I'm going to put you in that coffin. And she's like, he's like, no, I'm going to put you in that coffin. I was like, this feels like there's some consent lines that are being crossed. I don't know about that. Later on, it's only six episodes, 30 minutes each. Love that. He gets low-key possessed in the end, Jeremy. Sure he does. And he has this item called the God Helmet. Mm-hmm. okay and he puts it on and he is yelling he's like diamonds get out of here and he's throwing things and it is just like top tier peak like, entertainment it, like who knew that you could have like this reality tv show between ghosts and paranormal investigators i mean zach Beggs would zach baggins yes ba- zach baggins sorry i want i'm gonna go for him as halloween next year i think <laughs> zach walter zach baggins i'll as get the big should. sunglasses the oakley ones I'll, I'm Zach Beggins. I'll go as an EVP. 
Okay. <laughs> you can just beep. Um, I also think it's so fascinating. We were talking about this when it was on. We just had it on when we were cleaning at like a girls weekend. The amount of money these people must invest into equipment, this can't anything, be their full time job. No, there is just no way. This is a hobby that they. Sh- I'm sure they try to capitalize on and make some money somewhere. I hope they do. I'm yeah, sure they're for providing their sake. some sort of service. But, like, I can't imagine all of this equipment that they have is cheap. No. Especially the god helmet. <laughs> like, where did you get that? Athens? Literally, like, it like literally looked like a VR helmet. But my favorite thing that I, like, saw was it's literally Big Brother, but with ghosts. Because <laughs> they're sleeping in these places for 20 right. days. They're living there. Is there any romances happening on the side? No. Mm-hmm. But there is okay. fights. They're like... Love that. Amy is not using her psychic powers well enough, and I think that she should be booted out of the group. Anyways, would highly recommend 28 Days Haunted. It's quick, easy, fun. It's a little cliffhanger of an ending. Oh, because they're setting up for season two? I hope so. God, can't wait. Anyways, um, Haddonfield needs to be nuked. (laughs) Truly, just wipe it off the map at this point. Like, thank God it's fictional because I would personally nuke this place. Me too. I want to be close to the fictional state. I mean, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the state is real, Illinois. <laughs> nope, that's be- fictional. <laughs> Illinois? Never Not heard real. of her. Uh, I'm going to be driving through it in a few. Are you weeks. driving? I'm not, but oh. I'm, I'm going on a road trip from where I'm staying. Okay. I was yeah. like, oh my God. This movie, overall, tomatoes. Mm. Although, like, the first bit, I was into it. The first, I would say, like, half an hour Mm -hmm. i thought oh shit like we're getting into a different vibe Mm -hmm. but it's gonna be good it's a departure but in a good way yeah and then it just took a turn yeah they said after turn after turn real quick question just to circle back to what you were saying why wouldn't you just move out of that town i don't know i thought about it multiple times while Mm -hmm. watching the movie like get up and go i understand that finances are an issue yeah you've invested yourself in this town not everyone can just pick up and leave that's a privilege Mm mm-hmm prioritize it though yeah like make it your privilege Mm -hmm. because if michael myers is going to be haunting you he's not going to come down to florida and you know he's going to come back to haddonfield yeah that's his mo that's he the only place he's ever known he's been living in the sewers literally the whole time you can just get up and leave him in the sewers you could but no turns out he walks at a half a snail's pace Mm -hmm. it wouldn't take much to leave him behind well that's not true because he appears he does. He does like to do that. Should we get into the synopsis okay, of this? Okay, let's just do it. Because I need a little refresher on this movie. Girl, I didn't remember a fucking thing. Do you know what the only thing I remember from this movie was? What? I hope you find love. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> Truly the... Okay. Well, you know, we're gonna get into it because the writing is was so questionable. Okay. So, on Halloween night in 2019, 21-year-old Corey Cunningham babysits a young boy who pulls a prank on him by locking him inside the attic. Just as little Jeremy's parents are coming home, Corey kicks the door open, accidentally knocking him over a staircase railing to his death. Corey is then accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. Three years later, the town of Haddonfield is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' last killing spree in 2008, while Michael has vanished. Lori is writing a memoir, having bought a new house and living with Allison, her granddaughter, who is now a nurse. Meanwhile, Corey is working at his stepfather's salvage yard. On his way home one day, he's taunted by high school bullies. Lori, who happens to be there, brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works to treat his injuries. 
The two later attend a Halloween party where Corey is confronted by Jeremy, the boy he killed, by Jeremy's mother. After having an argument with Allison, Corey leaves and runs into his bullies who throw him off a bridge. He is then dragged into the sewers and confronted by Michael Myers, who eventually lets him go. On the way out, Corey is confronted by a homeless man. In a struggle, he stabs the man to death and flees. Corey and Allison go on a date, but her ex-boyfriend, Doug, shows up and harasses them. Corey later lures him into the sewer, where Michael emerges and kills Doug, much to Corey's delight. Allison is passed over for a promotion at work in favor of a nurse who's having an affair with the doctor. Corey then kills the doctor at his home while the nurse is killed by Michael. An unknowing Allison plans to leave Haddonfield with Corey while Lori becomes increasingly suspicious. After finding him sleeping in the spot where Jeremy died, Lori offers to help him on the condition that he distances himself from Allison. He blames her for the events in Haddonfield and says if he cannot have Allison, no one can. Lori and Allison argue as she plans to leave, and Allison too blames Lori. That night, Corey embarks on a rampage, murdering the bullies after luring them to the salvage yard. He then goes on to kill his mother, as well as a DJ at a local radio station who taunted him. At the Strode house, Lori lures Corey to her and shoots him down the stairs. He then stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death, but Michael suddenly arrives and kills him. A fight ensues and Lori manages to pin Michael to the table. Allison arrives to help subdue and finally kill him. Here we go, boys. <laughs> they take his body to the salvage yard by police escort. The resident... <laughs> You have to make a note, though, here that they take his body by strapping him on top yeah. of their car. And then the residents of Haddonfield follow them procession style to dispose of Michael in an industrial shredder. Allison and Lori then reconcile and Allison leaves Haddonfield while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Deputy Hawkins. You know, I hope you find love. <laughs> Where did that come in? It made no fucking sense at all. It was, what is his name? I want to call Michael. Corey. Corey is Allison's boyfriend. He is our new Michael Myers, although he is dead. So he's not going to carry on into yeah. a sequel. But he's sort of introduced as like this innocent character. Mm -hmm. I do believe he was innocent of that first quote unquote murder in the death of young Jeremy. R.I.P. Um, and then he just kind of descends into madness. And at that point, you know, his relationships around him are failing. And he's, <laughs> he's at his house and he's just like fighting with his mom. Mm -hmm. And he goes to walk out and the stepdad <sighs> sitting in his lazy boy, apropos of absolutely fucking nothing, goes, I hope you find love. <laughs> and the entire theater started laughing there were so many moments i don't think i like jumped once we yeah. were it was a laugh fest we were having a time the first like that first opening scene with Corey and jeremy really set the tone of what we thought it was gonna be and i was really invested Me i actually too. did have maybe not really jump scares but i was feeling unsettled like i was unexpectedly nervous and mm -hmm. i kept like being tempted to cover my eyes because i didn't know what was coming yeah and even, like, up until the point that Jeremy dies and we have the reveal of, like, Lori's writing the novel and Corey's out of prison working at the salvage yard. Allison is a nurse. I was like, okay, this is, like, really going somewhere. Mm -hmm. This is going to be good. We're going to see an evolution. Mm, no. Boy, was I wrong. It really starts just becoming a romantic drama <laughs> for, like, the first, honestly, 
hour and a half. At one point, I turned to Zach. It's been an hour. And he was like, no. Like, <laughs> nothing had really happened. Nothing. They were riding on a motorbike mm-hmm. after a party. And I was just like, where's Michael? Where has Michael been? And can he come back? And why was Michael such a pathetic character? He, it literally, it's so disappointing because after, like, 45 years, like, I get it. You're tired. You're old. You're supposed to be this, like, m- somewhat, like, mythical being there's a mystery surrounding you. Why are you always, like, reviving yourself? How are you always continuing? Yeah. That the fact that he was just like, yeah, I'm done. And for no apparent reason, passes the torch. I know. Why? The only reason I can think of why he passes the torch is because he sees this new person being able to carry it out. Right. But and I, I it guess... ends at that. Like, because then he doesn't care about Corey. And that's my thing is like, I understand that we've never seen Michael come up against a character who shows him anything other than fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating story, but you scare the shit out of me. So no, we've never seen Michael in this dynamic, but he also doesn't care about him and has never cared about anyone. That's just like not Michael's MO. If he cared about anyone, like we wouldn't be here. That's true. I wish that they would have introduced this storyline in the second half of Halloween Kills. So we have this character and then have that turn happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were trying to jam-pack it all into one, which it did a fine job. Knowing that it was a trilogy, you could easily spread it out between the three mm-hmm. and then build that character more. Yeah. And almost make it like, is it Michael or is it Corey? Because it was very obvious to tell who was who yes. in this movie. Um, Even though there were moments where I think they were kind of trying to dupe the audience. Like, yeah. At one point, um, Corey takes Michael's mask, but then they kind of pull off this kill together where we don't really know at first that it is Corey up mm-hmm. until Michael, you have the Michael reveal that Michael is there to help him. Yeah. It felt like that could have been so much more because I enjoyed that part of the movie was so prolonged. I feel like there was a lot of potential. I feel like there was a lot of themes that I didn't inherently dislike. I thought the writing was poor. Mm-hmm. Some of the acting moments could have been better. They weren't bad. Like, no one was outright bad. As always, Jamie Lee Curtis was a delight. All of my favorite scenes had something to do with her. I don't care if the woman is just collecting a paycheck at this point. She had some great comedy lines, too, in this movie. She did. Her and her granddaughter, what was her name? Allison. Allison. They had some great moments together. Mm -hmm. And I was just like... This is perfect. But also at the same time, I'm like, this is not the movie, you know? Right. And am I wrong in thinking Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends were supposed to be one movie, but then they realized there was too much content, so they split it into two. Why then is there such a stylistic and just tone departure from Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends? They are so different. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. Halloween Kills was not great. It was still more fun than this. But it was better than this one. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder if we watched another one, would we feel the same about this one? I mean, if they keep getting worse. I loved that in Halloween Kills. I didn't know that it was successful at the time, but I thought it set a tone that they were doing the flashbacks and we like were, Mm -hmm. even though a lot of the criticism of Halloween Kills was that it didn't overall contribute to the story. It did more than this fucking did. Like, realistically, they could have just given us a movie where they killed Michael in the last five minutes and it would have... 
they killed Michael in the first five minutes and it still would have done the same thing because ultimately nothing that happened in this movie does anything to elevate the plot because even the protege is dead. Yeah. What was the point? Nothing. There was not money. Because I saw that it just broke $95 million at the box office. Because <laughs> it's been out for two weeks now? Three? Uh, maybe three. Two? I don't know. But yeah, so like it's just about to also break $100 million. They've made some money. I'm sad that we contributed to it. <laughs> it's interesting because it also was released on Peacock at the same time in the United States. I didn't again. know this, but I was listening to a review and they were like, oh yeah, one person saw it in theaters, the other one watched it on Peacock. Why would they do that? I don't know because it's not like we're still in the middle of like heyday COVID. Right. And like just release it on Peacock later because are they not making more money by people being in the theater than they mm-hmm. are streaming it? I did see a review that said someone uh, watched it at home and they were like, I wanted to walk out of my house. <laughs> and I was like, I get it. I also, you could just shut off the TV. I read and watched a couple of different reviews from people who actually really liked this movie. Interesting. And I see some of the points Mm -hmm. you know it was nostalgic for a lot of people they got to see characters that they love we bring back kyle richards that's always fun in which so in i read recently with kyle richards um aka who did i call her in the first movie (laughs) casey musgraves casey musgraves people loved her so much in halloween kills that they gave her a larger role in this movie even though once again wasn't big nothing happens yes and we don't get any conclusion on her character. Like, was she even in the final scene where they strap Michael to the top of the car? Like, she could have easily been in the crowd. Do you know what I would have loved? Sorry, I'm just having, like, a moment. Is when they strap Michael to the car, <laughs> if in harmony, they all sang Evil Dies Tonight or Evil Died Tonight yeah. while they, per, like, did the procession Why down to the... They? Okay, here's the thing. Very little fan service is done in this, in my opinion. Yeah. It's very... Well, I do feel like a part of this is the fault of Halloween Kills, where we have some original characters in Halloween Kills that they kill off. Right. And so there wasn't an opportunity to bring back as many people. But even Lindsay, who is the child in the first one, would it not be satisfactory if she helps Lori push Michael into the shredder? Like, her life has been impacted by this Mm -hmm. greatly. It's not just Lori and her granddaughter. There's, like, an entire... There's a whole city. Network, literally, of people who have been affected by this guy. And there were so many things that they could have done. Years and years of buildup to finally know for sure that this guy is not coming back. And that's kind of it. I was just also so shocked that they all knew to get into a funeral procession for him. Also, why did it feel like they were giving, like, a funeral to him? It felt like they were all saying goodbye, like, in a nice way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't Like, they should have thrown... I would have thrown a tomato at the car. I would have sawed off his leg. Like, I don't... Like, you know, like, (laughs) something, like, minor... Memorable. But, like, something that, like, you know is going to harm... To make yourself feel better. Right. Well, I mean, presumably Michael's already dead at that point because Lori has slashed every artery, (laughs) every vein. She has done the work. So I don't know that they needed to, like, bear witness to violence against him because he was already dead. They should have ripped off his head. Well, sure. Why not? But I also don't buy into, and maybe this is naive of me, that realistically... An entire town of people would have gathered to watch that. I feel like there is some sort of moral human line where you would be like, I just don't think I can go watch, watch somebody be shredded, shredded yeah. and like bring my children. Like that is like public hangings in 1847. Like you're worried about, sorry, you're 
worry about children going to a drag show, but you're going to take them to someone being live shredded. I know it's fictional, but like... Haddonfield's never been politically correct. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just very odd. And then like what? You all just like go home at the end of the (laughs) night? Like you're all just like, okay, well, work tomorrow morning. The banks aren't going to close because of this. No. Like, what do you do? Go home and, like, make a chamomile and watch some Real Housewives? Like, I don't... Like, what? Is it a national holiday now? You get back in your car. The radio's on. It's just, like, kiss. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac. You're like, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, did you remember to take out the chicken for the kids? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids have been fed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. And the fact that Lori's just like, well, it's over. Like, I think she should get, like, a medal. It's also crazy because, like, the whole time, it's the, a lot of people don't know or, like, haven't encountered Michael Myers. It's more just, like, the word of mouth that he's been around, you know? True. Yeah, he's um, more of, like, a lore. He's, like, a mythical creature mm-hmm. of this town. And so a lot of people think that Lori is this, like, crazy person who, like, always thinks Michael's back, always, like, is out to get her only whatever. They kind of also position her as like a person who has antagonized him and Mm -hmm. sort of brought the terror to the town by her mere existence. How do they know that that's Michael Myers they're throwing in? This is my one theory. We have never seen his face. Have we? Um, I feel like they reveal his face to other characters in the movies a few times, but I don't think we as an audience ever get like a clear shot. Cause like, I know specifically in this movie, it was like when he was on the kitchen table, we saw just like the, we saw the profile. (laughs) (laughs) We saw the profile view of him, but it's still very like shadowed and like, you Mm -hmm. never see him. And especially even when he's on top of the car, it sounds so stupid because it is he's on top of the car mm-hmm. you don't like see a kayak him. literally he was like well bring michael for the trip <laughs> why was that the move i mean was he gonna fit anywhere else it's yes like can't really- yeah. yes he would prop him up in the back seat but then we can get bernie's him to <laughs> but then you run the risk of him coming back to life which has happened consistently but he's what because he's on top of the car he's not gonna come back to life well he can't get you at that point like if you're in the car and he's in the back seat he can just easily wrap around right that but if he's seat. on the front hit the brakes and then he'll fly <laughs> <laughs> strap him to the front of the car strap him to the hood yeah you don't you need got to see. eyes on it <laughs> you don't need to see while you're driving yeah, fuck it real quick <laughs> yes favorite scene and least favorite Okay, least favorite. I'm going to say the ending. My favorite scene might be when Nurse Deb dies. There's 18 kills in this movie. What? I know. It doesn't Sorry. seem like that many. <laughs> it was like two. No, but it, there was a huge slaughter at the yard. And there was some good deaths. Like even yeah. the DJ, his tongue out on the Oh my aisle. God, I forgot about that. Chef's that was kiss. good. But Deb was a very classic Michael kill. Yes. Deb? Deb? Is that her name? Did we make yeah. that up? No, it's Nurse Deb. Okay, cool. Um, she is Allison's co-worker who works at the hospital with her and gets the promotion that Allison ultimately wanted. But then we find out later that the reason she got the promotion is because she's sleeping with Dr. So-and-so. Do not care for him. Who she calls doctor throughout yes. their entire uh, interactions, which makes me want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. So while she's going to have a shower, he's setting up like outside of their fancy house, this like poolside dinner he ultimately gets killed by who we think is Michael mm-hmm. at first, which later is Corey. So the doctor dies outside from Corey, and then we see Michael come back. And this is where we find out that there's two of them. Um, and Michael comes back and somehow Scarecrow pins her to the wall. 
mm-hmm. with one knife through her abdomen. St- yeah. Unrealistic, but wonderful. I mean, the woman's fairly lightweight, we can assume. Apparently, um, you can see the wires in the Shut shot. Up. Yeah. That's amazing. And I wish I would have went back and watched it, because I know now that it's on Peacock, I could just go quickly mm-hmm. scroll through mm-hmm. or search for it on Twitter. But apparently when she is like there, you can see the wires. <laughs> They're editing the movie. They're like, you know what? There's, wor- there's worse components. I don't think we need to worry about spending the money to take these out. What are your favorite scenes or and least favorite? Um, I think just from my personal enjoyment and feelings of hopefulness, the beginning sequence is really good. Mm-hmm. They just really set it up in a fun way to feel new and fresh with this. This potential that Michael is back in the town. He's going to terrorize this babysitter. Even up until the point where the kid dies, you're like, okay, this can be something. And so I really liked that. I liked that setup. I liked that they even developed the characters enough that we kind of cared about what happened. Oh, also, big fan of the scene where Lori fakes her suicide. That was a really good scene. It really, I thought she was going to kill herself. I did too. And I was like, wow. Th- that's it mm-hmm. and i was kind of like sad that that mm-hmm. was about to happen because it was like i feel like she doesn't deserve that i agree at the same time like everything she's been through i would understand yes any scene with Lori, for me is fulfilling because mm-hmm. they do allow her character some level of growth she's in the grocery store with her new haircut and people are complimenting her and we see her sort of like attempting to move on mm-hmm. from this trauma and as an audience who loves her as a character that means something to us. I liked all of that. Could care less for her granddaughter for some reason. I don't know what it is about her that I just find her uninteresting. I think it's because she's almost an antagonist to Lori in some scenes. And they you never know? make it clear. There are moments of the movie where it, you feel like she's probably going to be in a, a counterpart, apprentice, um... Like a sidekick to Michael or Corey being Michael. Right. Like you kind of think, okay, these two are going to become like a tag team Mm -hmm. and she's going to kill her grandmother. Mm -hmm. But it never goes to that. But she's like, it's interesting because she's like supporting Corey Mm -hmm. in a way because she's like getting mad at Lori for being suspicious. Yeah. And she has every right to. Mm Mm-hmm. I would be suspicious of everybody if I was being haunted for 45 years by a man in a sewer. And also, he's a man who publicly killed a child. Like, of course, he was yeah. not convicted of manslaughter. But that story was kind of added in Haddonfield to, like, the Michael Myers lore because everybody knew that the reason that he accidentally killed him was because he was afraid of Michael. Mm-hmm. And, like, the town was kind of anxious about Michael as a whole. Uh, my least favorite scene... The reveal that Michael was living in the sewer was so absurd to me because, okay, he still has to eat. Yep. He still has to have bodily functions. He's to sleep somewhere. Unless he's a cannibal or he's just eating rats. I can see Then he clearly has to, like, walk into a co-op every once in a while and pick up... Ten for ten. Like a protein shake or... But he has no money. Or water. He's just a little baby. Well, he can steal... You're right. I mean, the man would never get away with it. He doesn't blend in. But there's a lot of holes in that plot. The other thing about the sewer is this is four years after Halloween kills. Mm -hmm. And Michael's supposed to be around every Halloween. Did he just take four years off? No, it's not supposed to be four years. It's the next year. No, it's four years. No, it's not. 
Yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, yes, you're right. You are. Sorry. <laughs> I'm well, because the first one was 2018. Yeah. We have oh sorry, when the movie opened it said Halloween night twenty nineteen. I'm like, no, that's the next year. But that was the year that Corey killed Jeremy. Yes. And we're two years after that now or one year? Two, I think. It's been a number of years. But like how come he's just been hiding in the sewer? Why aren't you going after Lori? Maybe a false sense of security, but also they give us varying degrees of how smart we're supposed to think Michael is. True. Like, does he really like to play the long game? Who I don't knows? Hmm. Anyways, he's dead now. Sorry, even the fact that they, like, really reduce him to nothing, it's, like, so disappointing. He was even though we're not in ro- this movie. Even though you're not rooting for him, he's still been the main antagonist for such a long time. And the fact that, like, he just gets his, like, kind of ass handed to him by literally everybody, <laughs> it's maybe because you literally have been eating sewage. Yeah. And I get it. You've got scurvy. Your brain's not working <laughs> at top notch right now. They just didn't really do him a service in mm-hmm. this. And you don't have to think a character is like, quote unquote, good mm-hmm. to love them. Michael is a beloved character as a part of the series because he makes the series. It's nothing without him. And they just kind of took him out of this. Like, remember when his reveal was that he was hiding in a wall in the sewer? Mm-hmm. And then they killed that man. Who did they kill in the sewer? They killed um, her ex-boyfriend, who was a cop. Right. That scene, kind of erotic. Oh, yeah. He was holding him between his legs. Corey was. And then Michael was like kind of stabbing him like, this is how it's done, kid. It was very exhibitionist. And I was Mm -hmm. like, do you guys need a minute? Yeah, like we can leave you in the sewer. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I'd be happy to. Yeah, both of them. Also, like, why did you have to kill that old man who was just vibing out there? That did make me sad, too. It felt very unnecessary. Like, (sighs) I mean, Michael has killed a lot of people that feels very unnecessary. Like maybe everybody, but... A few things that I I enjoyed were certain homages to themes. You know, we have the classic shot of Lori in the window looking down mm-hmm. on Corey, sort of in the shrubs, but not in the same way yeah. that Michael was. Um, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple, but like even the, having the flashback of the first film where they would include scenes from yeah. it was like fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this because I don't think I've seen... I know I haven't seen all of the original Halloween movies, but they used, in Halloween, the 2018, they used the 1978 color and font. Oh, okay. And Halloween Kills did the same with the second. And then the third one they used, I think it was the blue one. Yeah, yes. the blue font titles from Season of the Witch, which is, I was like, that's kind of fun. Isn't Season of the Witch the one that like kind of doesn't exist in the, in the zeitgeist? Or which one is that? I honestly, or is it H2O? No, I think H2O... I think H2O is part of it because H2O was Jamie Lee Curtis's return. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. Um, How is this movie doing? It's like a 50-50 split. Hmm. It's more on the poor side of ratings. I think IMDb was a five. Yeah, IMDb five. Rotten Tomatoes, 41%. So not great. Metacritic, 47%. This horror franchise needs to die is the first headline I saw. Did you see Smile? I have not. Okay. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. I still kind of want to watch it. I do too. It might be a... Uh, I wonder if it's on streaming services yet. Okay. The little drama. I told you about this earlier. Des Central did an interview slash podcast episode with Danielle Harris, who played Laurie Strode's daughter in Halloween 4. And then they also um, scout Taylor Compton, who took 
the role of Laurie in Rob Zombie's franchise reboot. Mm-hmm. And they did a podcast together called Talk Scary to Me. Fun little title. But Harris and Taylor Compton were never invited to any of the Halloween movie premieres other than their own. Oh. And so they were invited to the last one for the Red Carpet, <laughs> the red carpet screening cool. of Halloween Ends. Very nice. So they got to interact with Jamie Lee Curtis, in which they both said it was very disappointing. Oh, which that is, makes me so sad. I know. I, I picture Jamie Lee Curtis being, she's just like on a pedestal. I just like imagine her being fun ant vibes that like mm-hmm. she's just like kind of kooky and enjoyable to chat with. Yeah. And like she wants to do a Freaky Friday reboot. She does. Yes. I hope they do. I, I also hope so. Also, every time I look at you right now, sometimes you like go down and I completely lose your whole face behind the mic. <laughs> So I'm like, you're gone. I'm not Michael? talking to anyone. <laughs> Mike? All? Anyways, continuing on, uh, Harris said that she approached Jamie Lee Curtis and was like, I played your daughter in the fourth movie. And Jamie said, I've never seen those movies and I don't know who you are. Oh, Mike. Okay, that's so needlessly mean. I know. And then she thought she was going to be like, just kidding. Like, I remember and you. Didn't. And she didn't. Oh. And then um, Scout. Taylor Compton went and she was like trying to like approach her later on in the night just because she was like, you know, I know that Lori, Lori, <laughs> I know that Jamie Lee Curtis is busy and that, you know, she like has a lot of people to see. It's her movie premiere. Yeah. She's a, like also just notable figure. Mm-hmm. Um, She's going to be busy. She like didn't state what she said, but just that she left the party together with um the other person and said that they felt very very hurt and that they felt very dumb expressing their feelings to jamie lee curtis and they both left crying that's so upsetting and that's the part that's so mean about it is like you make someone feel stupid for just like having a genuine emotion and connection to you scout taylor compton Mm -hmm. she played the same role as you and like whether or not you acknowledge it as an actor or like felt that it was right for Rob Zombie to remake those movies. Someone somewhere did. He Mm -hmm. did it with the blessing of someone. And she took that role probably because she loved the character. That's a connection that you both Mm -hmm. have. And to just make her feel dumb for being like, hi, isn't that great? Or whatever it is, I can assume it's along those lines. It's like just kind of a cruel thing to do. While I understand their frustration, it's also like, I'm sure she doesn't really mean, you know... Yeah, but I don't think it's a really good excuse if you you have to, if you're really feeling passive about something or you don't really care, I'm sorry, but you as Jamie Lee Curtis who have been in this industry for decades, mm-hmm. you know what it means to fans to meet you. All celebrities know on some level that people idolize them, that they love them. They know that there's a way to treat them and that there's a way not to. Everybody has a bad day. It's not, like, your job necessarily to be nice to people. But in that instance, like, would it really have taken that much to just be like, thank you so much for saying that. I hope you enjoy the movie. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. least you have to fucking do. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. But, like, glad to see you. Right? Anything. Yeah. You're right. I fake that I remember people all the fucking time. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm always just like, oh, yeah, it's so nice to see you again. Mm-hmm. And then I go and I'm like, I have no idea who the hell that what was. What is their name? I still love Jamie Lee Curtis, even though shit happens. Sure. That's all I have to say, though. All right. That's that on that. You want to rate it? Yeah. Scary. Two. I was just going to say two. 
It's a solid two. Unsettling. One. One. Story. Three or four? <laughs> I would say the first 30 minutes, eight. Oh, yeah. I can give you that. The rest of the movie, three. Yeah. I, 10 out of 10 agree. Although, also, I'm going to say it. Corey, smash. I don't know if he's been in anything else. He didn't look familiar to me. Neither to, neither to me either. There was one point where you turned to me and said, I would let him kill me. And I was like, okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good, I guess. Um, Compromise. A good test for attraction. Would I let this person kill me? Was it a paper cut? Or was it a bloody massacre? It's a paper cut for me. It really is. What's less than a paper cut? Being Getting your ass hauled on a Ford Focus <laughs> to a fucking <laughs> carburetor. <less. laughs> Having to ride in a Ford Focus at all is worse than a paper cut. I'm, right. ki- I'm kidding. Do you not have a Ford Focus? I have a Ford Escape. Same thing. No. <laughs> you know those people have a Ford Focus. Also, just surprising this movie, sorry, is rated 18A. Oh, for what? I know. It was like 14A I guess there's like a pretty intense amount of gore, but there isn't any sex. The language isn't terrible either. I mean, I'm saying that, but I'm pulling it out my ass. I don't really remember. Nor do I want to. All right. Fair enough. So it's a paper cut. Yeah. That's been another episode of the Bloody Podcast. Here's hoping Halloween truly does end tonight. Literally. It's, I was gonna say, it's kind of sad. It's sad that they did it so poorly. Yeah. It could have been great. Did we do the original Halloween? We did. Sorry, in the reboot series. What? Did we do Halloween 2018? No. Uh, no. Okay. Did we? I don't think so. I also don't think so. I think we just did Halloween Kills. Yeah, we did Halloween, Halloween Kills, and now Halloween ends. Right. Look at us go. Well, you can tell us how you feel about that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Podcastacre. Leave us an email at thebloodypodcastacre at gmail.com. Until next time. This movie has no tagline. (laughs) Appropriate. I know what it is. I hope you find love. (laughs) 